Well, some of you have had weeks like that or days like that this week, right? Hey, welcome all of you at all of our churches or whether you're joining us online today. Because we have been spending the last two weeks really talking about something that all of us deal with, regardless of where we're at on our faith journey. And so if you missed a week in this conversation entitled Address a Mess, or you want to talk more about this conversation with a friend, uh, you can go to our website or you can go to our app and find all the messages that we've talked about, along with some discussion questions and uh, some things that kind of will help you work through deeper levels of this conversation. Now, as I said, for the past two weeks, we've been learning about why we made, are making, or have made, but, uh, or have the potential even to make incredible messes in our lives. And um, it's that whole thing of why do we say things that like, I'll never do that, and then we do them anyway? Like, why are there things that we do, and we even choose to do them, even though we know they're not in our best interest? Like, why do we make a mess, feel the pain, and then turn around and make the same mess again? See, I think if every one of us, if we were all really honest with ourselves, all of us, we've made messes in our past. And when we're talking about messes, we're talking about regrets that we have in our past. Or we are either in a mess right now, or we're just like one dumb decision away from making a mess in our future. Now, when we talk about messes, some of you know what that is like because you're living in it right now. You're one of those people that you're in the middle of a mess right now. There's a relational mess that you've made and you've hurt so many people or you've hurt someone so deeply that you don't even know where to start trying to make it right. You don't know how to fix any of it. Or it's the kind of mess that basically you could go, I don't know how to fix it, so I just, I'm just tempted to walk away from this and start all over. Others of you, you've made financial messes where you're like drowning in debt and now creditors are starting to call you and you're just so deep in, you're just thinking the best thing for me to do is to file bankruptcy and start over. Some of you, you're in such a bad mess in your marriage and it is so painful at this point in time, and you think, hey, the best option right now is for me just to look for a divorce attorney and start over. Others of you, your parents, you, you've got this mess on your hand, and you don't know where to turn or who to turn to to fix this parenting mess that you have going on. Others of you, you have created academic messes, and, and you know, you, you thought, uh, well, COVID's been around and I can just kind of check out and you now didn't realize that a GPA could go so low. And so it just sounds simpler to you at this point in time to just drop out and do something completely different. See, here's the reality. We've all had our moments and our messes when it seemed easier to walk away than to work it out. Haven't we all been there? Don't you know what this feels like? We've all been here, right? Maybe you're trying to walk away right now from a mess. Maybe that's where you're at this morning as you're listening. But here's the thing. If you walk away from a mess, the mess doesn't just go away. The mess doesn't just disappear. In fact, you may want to write this down. Eventually, every mess you don't clean up catches up with you. See, I think if we're all honest, I think all of us would have to admit this has happened to us. We've had different regrets and messes that we've made, and we didn't clean them up, and they caught up with us. So what happened is you walked away from a mess thinking it wouldn't matter, but later on, a little bit down the road, it caught up with you by surprise, and you didn't expect it. And because you walked away, 
It kept you from doing something that you wanted to do in the future in your life. It cost you something that you didn't see coming. It just complicated a situation that should have never been complicated because you walked away from a mess and you didn't clean it up. See, the reason that's true is because every mess you don't clean up, it eventually catches up with you. And here's the thing, the longer you leave the mess, the longer you go without dealing with the mess, it is going to be harder to deal with and the more devastating the outcome. So what do you do when you find yourself in the middle of a mess that you've made? And then what do you do like when the past messes begin to show up in the present? What, what do you do? Well, today, we want to wrap up this conversation entitled Address the Mess by showing you a path. And this is important. We're going to show you a path that God gives us to clean up and deal with all of these messes. Now, here's the thing. It is really easy to kind of get the idea that people we read about in Scripture, whenever you're reading the Bible and you hear Bible stories, that they didn't have any messes to deal with. They didn't have any real issues to deal with. But there is nothing further from the truth. In fact, here's what I can pretty much promise you. No matter how messed up your life is right now, what kind of regrets you're living with right now, there is somebody in Scripture who made a much bigger mess in their life than what you have made in your life. And because this is true, when the Apostle Paul wrote letters to the early Christians, he would oftentimes address the messes in their personal lives, but also the messes in their church that were causing their churches to become carnal and lukewarm. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at one of the examples of this where the Apostle Paul addresses this, and it's in a letter that he wrote to some Christians in Ephesus. Because in the middle of this letter, so if you want to go ahead and if you got your Bibles, you can turn to what you call the book of Ephesians, your Bible. It's really a letter to Christians in Ephesus, and it's very practical and applicable. It's God's word for us today. Because right in the middle of this conversation, the Apostle Paul, he tells us the path to work through a mess instead of just walking away from it and having it sabotage us later in our future. In fact, here's what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 22. Here's what he says. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Now, these deceitful desires, they come from our brokenness, our sin nature that we talked about or Matt talked about in week one. They're why we end up giving into temptation, these deceitful desires, or why we end up giving to temptation. Because see, what these desires do is these deceitful desires, they attach themselves to an emotion. And so what happens is they become very powerful in our lives because they're attached to an emotion. And so we get deceived into believing that that temptation is going to deliver something that that temptation can never deliver. So the Apostle Paul says, hey, you've all fallen for that. And you've made a mess of things by, default, by following deceitful desires that you should have never followed. And so what he says is, the first step you need to take to clean up what you've messed up is he says, you need to put off your old self. Now that really 
If we put that in 21st century words, here's what the Apostle Paul is saying you need to do. You need to acknowledge that you made a mess. Literally, the first step on the path to cleaning up a mess is acknowledging that you made a mess. Acknowledging that what you did was wrong. That it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't an accident. You had a choice in the matter. And what you did is you chose to act on a desire that ended up making a mess. So literally what he's saying is you need to take responsibility for your sin. Now, here's what that looks like. It means that you acknowledge it to God and say, God, I made a mess. I sinned against you. And then you need to acknowledge it to others. No excuses, no justifying, no rationalizing. You admit it to God, and then you admit it to other people that it affected, and then you make whatever apologies that are needed to make in order to make it right. Now, here's the thing. Some of you, you think about the messes, or as you think about the messes that you have made, and you go... I think I've acknowledged it. I think I have. I think I have admitted it. But really, have you admitted the mess that you've made? Have you acknowledged and have you really done what you could do to make right what you did wrong? And then you may even be sitting here thinking about, well, who should I admit it to? Well, first of all, you need to admit it to God. And then you need to admit it to anybody who got caught up in the mess, anybody who was impacted by your mess, either indirectly or directly. See, you need to acknowledge you made a mess. Because here's the thing, if you don't do this step on this path to cleaning up the mess, the next two steps on this path, they will not work. So the Apostle Paul says the first thing you have to do is you've got to put off the old. Now, here's the second step that he gives us after we acknowledge that we made a mess. We find this in verse 23. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then he gives us the next part, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. So the Apostle Paul says, after you acknowledge that you have made a mess because of your choice, because of your decision, he says, then what you need to do is you need to renew your mind. That's what he means when he says, you need to be made new in the attitude of your, your mind. Now, here's why this is so important. Every result or every mess that you've ever made, every mess that you ever created it was the result, think about this, of choices and decisions that you made. Don't miss that. Every mess that you made, it was a result of choices or decisions that you made, and don't miss this, that made sense to you in that moment when you made them. Like, you didn't think that decision or that choice would create the level of pain, the level of chaos, the level of trouble in your life. In other words, in that moment, that choice to follow that temptation, it made perfect sense to you. Now, I want you to stop and think about that for just a moment. Because that absolutely should scare you a little bit. Because, see, you thought... Doing what you did was a good idea 
even though it turned out to be a bad idea. And the reason that you thought it was a good idea is because you were looking at it with the wrong perspective. See, the reason you thought it was a good idea is because your view in that moment of life, it wasn't right. You weren't seeing things clearly. Maybe it was the emotion that got attached to that deceitful desire or that temptation that made it so powerful so you couldn't see straight or you couldn't think clearly in that moment. So the Apostle Paul, he says, not only do you need to acknowledge that you made a mess, he says, but you need to renew the way that you think you need to renovate your thinking because the way you thought back here got you into this mess. So he says, you need to renew your mind. See, you need to let God change how you think about life and let God inform you about your choices so that you can make decisions that honor God and honor the people and decisions that are filled with wisdom. Specifically, he says, you need to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And what that means is you let God transform the way you think so you can see things from his point of view. You, you learn what God says about life and beliefs and behavior, and you learn that from God's word. See, that's why we say around here, it's so important that you're reading God's word every day. It's why we say every week you need to be listening to practical teaching. It's why we encourage you to engage on Sunday so you're hearing practical teaching. And it's also why we encourage you to connect in a small group so you can be talking with others about how the truth that you hear applies to your life and how you can then change the way that you think. Because this is so important. Don't miss this. When you see as God sees, you will do as God says, because then it makes so much sense. See, when you see the way that God does, then doing what he says, it just makes perfect sense and you're not so temptable. Now, let me just say something. If you skip these steps of acknowledging that you made a mess and you skip this step of letting God renew your mind through his word and through his truth, then you are guaranteed to repeat your past messes in your future. It is absolutely unavoidable. So, here's the thing. You can acknowledge that you made a mess. And you can admit that and you can apologize. And you can do what you can to even make it right. But if you don't learn to think differently and see differently through God's point of view, then the next time that temptation comes around, that deceitful desire rises up in you, what's going to happen is you're going to give in to that temptation and you're going to repeat the mess. So the Apostle Paul says, you need to acknowledge that you made a mess and then you need to Renew the way that you think. Do whatever it takes to learn to see your life the way that God sees it so that you won't continue to repeat the messes of the past in your future. And then he gives us a third and a final step on this path. We find it in verse 24 in order to clean up our mess. And here's what he says. And you need to put on. So he told us to put, take something off. And he says, but now you need to put something on. He says, and you need to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the apostle Paul says, 
The third step on this journey is that you need to put on the new self. Well, what does a new self look like? Well, it's to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the Apostle Paul says, you've got to grow and become the person that God created you to be, that person who is becoming like him in character. That's why he uses the phrase to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It is a person's character who is progressively believing and behaving more and more like Jesus every day. It's the person who chooses virtue over vice every day in life. It's the person who chooses selflessness over selfishness. In other words, you acknowledge that you made a mess And you change the way that you think, and then you put on the new self. Or more specifically, you let God change you. You let God transform your character. It's what the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12, where he says, I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is why this transformation is so important, because what changes on the inside always impacts what happens on the outside. So we need this transformation that begins to happen in our mind so that we can then begin to put on the new self, which is like Christ in character. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, okay, that sounds really good. That sounds like a great path, but that's not going to work for me. Like my mess is too big. My mess has been around way too long. My mess involves way too many people. I've made way too many messes in my life. Well, you just need to know that you are wrong in the way that you are thinking about this. And the Apostle Paul, he understands that. And so he goes to great lengths in this next part of Scripture to point out that you and I are wrong if we think we can't clean up our mess. Because after sharing the path, he gets really practical, and then he gives us this long list of the kinds of messes that we should apply these three steps to. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to continue reading this next section of Scripture together, beginning in verse 25, and then we're going to show you how to apply these principles of acknowledging that you made a mess and renewing your mind and then putting on the new self and how, how you apply that to any type of mess that you may have in your life. Here's what the Apostle Paul says next in verse 25. He says, therefore, now that I've given you this path, he says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In other words, what the Apostle Paul says, for those of you that have made a mess of your life because of lying or dishonesty, the Apostle Paul says, you you need to clean that up. And how do you clean that up? Well, you acknowledge that you lied. You put off falsehood. You, you admit it to people and you apologize to people for the pain that you caused in their life because of your lying. And then the second step is then you renew your mind to understand from God's perspective how you need to treat people. And then you begin to realize as you renew your mind that you need to treat people the way that Jesus treated us because we are all members of one body and we are neighbors. 
See, we're all part of God's family. We're all important to our Heavenly Father. And therefore, what should happen is we should love one another as God loved us. And then he says, and then he says, you put on the new by changing your behavior. You speak truthfully. So you start being honest and you refuse to lie again because here's why. Trust is always the foundation for healthy relationships. You can't have any kind of healthy relationships with God or with other people if, if it's not built on honesty. So he says, this is the process. So if you've made a mess of, in your life um, because of lying or being dishonest, this is your path. But then he's not done. He, here's another application he gives us in verse 26. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So the apostle Paul says, listen, if you're angry, acknowledge that you're anger, angry. Don't, don't just justify by saying something, well, you just don't know what they did to me or they deserve my anger because of what they did. No, the apostle Paul says, no, you need to acknowledge you're angry. And then he says, you need to renew your mind. And you need to renew your mind by understanding, hey, this is what anger does. Realize that what anger does is it opens a door. It gives a foothold to the devil in your life. And none of us want that. So he says, then you need to put on the new. You change how you respond in situations that trigger you emotionally. You start showing self-control. And you don't let the sun go down while you're anger. In other words, you deal with your anger. Because anger is this warning light that's saying something's wrong and you need to deal with it. But he's not done. In case you're saying, oh, well, those two don't apply to me. We'll go to verse 28. He gives us another one. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. It's just a thought. Doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Now, let me just say something about stealing. Stealing is not just taking something that somebody else has. Stealing is also taking advantage of other people and not producing what you should and rightfully should produce. So, do you know what stealing is a symptom of? Stealing is a symptom of greed and laziness. That's what stealing is. It's a symptom of greed and laziness. And so the Apostle Paul, he says, listen, you need to stop being greedy and you need to stop being lazy and you need to go to work. So literally what he says is, you know, one day you got to wake up and go, I've been greedy and I've been lazy or I've been lazy. I got to admit, I need to acknowledge that I have made a mess of, out of my life because I have been greedy or lazy. And then you got to renew your mind for how God would have you approach life. And how do you do that? You go to work and do something useful with your hands. 
That's what God wants out of your life. And then you put on the new and you stop being entitled because now you're working not just because you're greedy, but because, guess what? So that you will have something to share with those in need. You understand God's purpose. That's part of renewing your mind. You understand God's purpose for why you work. And then you put on the new and you go, I'm going to work so that I have more to share with other people who are in need. So start working for what you have, he says. And be generous instead of being greedy. Share with those in need. Don't, don't hoard everything for yourself. Don't just think about yourself. Your greed and your laziness makes you do that, he says. So acknowledge that. Renew your mind. And then put on the new. Well, he continues, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, this is so important. Notice why. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Literally, you can grieve God's Spirit in your life by what you say and how you say it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you're sealed for the day of redemption. So here's a question for you. Maybe you say, I haven't made a mess in my life in any of those other areas. Well, what about this one? H have you ever made a mess in your life by gossiping? Have you ever made a mess in your life by gossiping? I can guarantee you everybody would have to raise their hand and go, yeah, I said things I shouldn't have said and I made a mess and I had to go clean it up. It created relational issues for a long time. H how many of you have made a mess in your life by griping? Because griping's not really helpful either. And he says, you only say what is helpful. You know what gossiping is? Gossiping is when a negative is discussed with somebody who cannot solve the problem. That, that's gossip. Gossip is when a negative is discussed with someone who cannot solve the problem. Now, here, here's what I know. If you escaped all the beginning three that we just looked at, the applications, we're all guilty of griping and gossiping. Everyone of us. I mean, COVID has brought it out of all of us, the griping part at least, right? And you know what the Apostle Paul says? Stop it. Just stop it. It's not helpful. Don't excuse it. You need to acknowledge it. And then you need to go apologize. First of all, we need to apologize to God because whenever we complain or gripe, we're telling God what he's given us is not good enough, and so therefore we have the right to gripe. So we first need to ask forgiveness from God, and then we need to go apologize to the people who we have thrown up on, either through our gossip or our griping, and say, I am so sorry I threw up on you. That is never nice when somebody throws up on you. <laughs> and then you renew your mind to understand the impact that your words have on, first of all, your relationship with God, because he says it grieves the Spirit of God. And you know what that literally means? It means the Spirit of God just takes a step back and goes, okay, you do your own thing, and I'll let you experience your own consequences. It, it grieves God's Spirit when you tear someone else down that he created and that he loves, or you bring somebody else down. That's the griping part. So gossiping is when you tear somebody down. The griping part is when you bring somebody down, because then all of a sudden you're just bringing them down to your level. And, and God says, don't do that. Don't do that. So he says, you need to renew your mind and understand that that grieves the spirit of God. And then you need to put on the new and you change your behavior. And he says, you only use words that build up and encourage and benefit others. 
And you know, if some of you started applying that behavior to your life, you would have to get off of social media completely. You'd have nothing to say. I challenge you, go on social media and only give thanks and praise to people for the good things they've done and thanks and praise for the incredible country that you get to live in and, and thanks and praise for all the blessings that you have and thanks and praise. You'll lose all your followers, I understand that. But he says, listen, don't, don't say anything if it's not helpful. Can you imagine how our conversations and our social media posts and all those things would change? And he's saying, this is how you acknowledge it. This is how you renew your mind. And then this is how you put on the new and practice it. And just in case we still don't understand how all of this works, this path works, he gives us several more applications. You're going, aren't there? See, he doesn't want anybody to feel like they're exempt. Here's what he goes on and says. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And then he drives it even deeper home. He says, just in case you don't understand what I'm saying here, notice what he says next. Follow God's example. Therefore, literally you could just say, follow Jesus' example while he was here on this earth because he was God in human flesh. Therefore, his dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So what the apostle Paul is saying is, listen, some of us, we just need to acknowledge the bitterness, the malice, the unforgiveness, the revenge, the rage that is rattling around inside of our hearts towards certain people or towards certain circumstances. And you go, yeah, but you don't understand what they did. He goes, it doesn't matter. Because what the apostle Paul is saying is your wrong response to their wrongdoing is still wrong. And you're accountable to God for how you respond, not for what they did. So he's saying, listen, you need to acknowledge your emotions. And then you need to renew your mind. You acknowledge, I've got all this anger. I've got all this rage. I've got all this bitterness. I've got all this malice in my heart. And then he says, you need to renew your mind by remembering how God treated you when you wronged him. He, he didn't strike back. No, he operated in the way of love as, and gave, us, gave himself up for us. He showed compassion. He showed comp kindness. And he showed forgiveness towards us. The apostle Paul says, you need to do the same thing. And then you need to put on the new. You change how you behave and you act loving toward those that are unlovely because that's the example that Jesus Christ gave us. See, that's how you address those messes that you've caused in your life, but it's also how you address those messes in your heart. In fact, he gives us a few more verses with a couple more examples. And some of you are going, really? He wants to make sure we get this. Look at what he says. But among you, there should not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Listen, some of you have made big messes because of sexual immorality. And he says, you, you need to acknowledge your sexual sin, and then you need to re renew your mind, and you need to view your sexuality as God does. But most importantly, he says, you, you need to put on the new, and you need to change, and you need to treat that other person with dignity and honor and not just a sex object. 
See, here's the thing. Sometimes I hear people say, well, I just already made so many messes sexually. You know, it's just, it's not even worth dealing with. Listen, it makes no sense to keep making messes sexually just because you already made one or some. No, no, no. You clean it up. You, you change your ways. You get help to break free from pornography. You, you stop the affair and you come clean. You stop sleeping with your boyfriend or your girlfriend before you're married. You address the mess. And then he goes on. He gives us some more. Notice what else he says. But among you, there should not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. And just think, just because you think you escape this, notice he says next. He goes, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So the apostle Paul's point is this. No matter who you are, you have made messes in your life. And you can't read through that list of all those practical applications for this path to clean up a mess and not go, oh, that's me, that's me at least three or four times. So the Apostle Paul says, we've all got messes. And it may seem easier because of the level of the mess or how large the mess is to walk away than to work it out. But I'm just going to tell you, it's never in your best interest to do so. Walking away, what it does is it wounds your relationship both with God and with other people who experience that mess. See, when you know that you should address a mess and you refuse to do so, what it does is it distances you from your heavenly father and it distances you from the people that were impacted by the mess. As we said at the beginning of this conversation, every mess you don't clean up, it catches up with you. It does. The mess you don't clean up as a teenager will follow you into college and into your 20s. The mess you don't clean up as a single adult is going to follow you in your marriage. It doesn't just disappear because you say, I do. The mess in your marriage today, it won't suddenly disappear whenever you get older or whenever you have kids or whenever the kids leave the house. Those messes in your marriage are just going to keep coming back and bite you until you clean up that mess. So here's the big question for application today, and that is this. What mess do you need to clean up? And you know what it is. Because as we went through each of those applications the Apostle Paul gave us, you go, oh, I, I did that. I've done that. I've done that. And it may be from a year ago. It may be from this past week. But don't excuse it. Don't, don't convince yourself that it's not a big deal. It is a big deal if it's coming to your mind. So you need to do something about it today. You need to address the mess. Now, one other thing before we close this out today, and that is this. This is some really good news, and it's not going to necessarily sound like that on the front end, but stay with me through this. There are some messes that we can't correct and clean up no matter how hard we try. Because there are some words that we can't, ta can't take back. There are some actions that we can't undo. There are some hurts that we can't erase. But here is the great news. God sent Jesus Christ to clean up what we've messed up. And he died on the cross and he rose again to pay the penalty for all of our messes and to extend us grace that washes away every sin that we've ever committed.
And let me just be very clear on what grace is. Grace is the unexpected, unearned, and undeserved favor of God. Literally, in spite of all the messes that you've made in your life, God still loves you and he offers forgiveness to you if you'll accept it by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. All you have to do is admit, Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a savior and grace is available to you and things can be so right between you and God again. So as we close today, I want to give you the opportunity to embrace God's grace for all of your messes. Like, where do you need grace? Where where do you need that in your life? See, listen, when you have God's grace, see, grace is the power to change. Grace is the power to address your messes and overcome them. So for some of you, this is going to be the very first time that you've ever acknowledged to God, God, I've made some messes in my life. And I I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. And I accept your grace and I accept your forgiveness. And I can promise you, if you'll do that, it's going to be incredible for you to not live under that guilt and that shame anymore. Some of you as followers of Christ, what you've done is you've kind of distanced yourself from God because you doubted that God would give you enough grace for the messes that you made. But here's what I want to tell you. If you will admit to God, acknowledge to God, God, I've made this mess and I want to renew my mind and I want to put on the new, man, he'll forgive any mess that you've made and give you the power to change. And so I just want to give us all a moment to do that right now. So with every head bowed and every eye closed on all of our campuses, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you've never asked for forgiveness of your sin, I I invite you to do that right now by praying in your heart what I pray out loud. Just say, dear Jesus, today I ask you to come in to my heart. Be Lord of my life. Today I admit that I have made so many messes. I am a sinner in need of a savior and I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Today I choose to put off the old. I'm asking you to help me renew my mind so that I can think and see as you think and see so I can do and act as you say and not keep giving into these temptations. And today I'm choosing through the power of your Holy Spirit to put on the new, to begin to live in your grace and experience your power to change and be made new, not only the attitude of my mind, but also in the behavior and the attitudes of my life. So thank you, God, for forgiving me washing all my sin away and coming into my heart. I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, we want you to let us know that. On that Connect card that you received on your worship guide, uh, when you came in the room, you can let us know those. You can put those face down on your seat as you leave or put them in the giving boxes as you walk out the doors into the lobby. Also, if you're online, you can um, just go to RCC app and let us know it there. But to close us out today, to help remind us so much of God's grace, I want to invite us um, to take communion together because communion is a reminder that Jesus didn't come to pay us back, but Jesus came to win us back. And And really what he came to do was give us the power to put off that old self and to renew our minds and put on the new self. 
So I'm going to do for us in just a moment is I'm going to pray for us. And the bands on each of our campuses are going to come out and they're going to lead a, a song. And as the band is singing this song, I just want you to spend some time reflecting on Jesus and his love and the model for how we should live. But more importantly, how incredibly deep his love is for us. In fact, when you eat the bread, let it remind you of Jesus' body that was broken on the cross for you because of the messes that you made. His body took all of that punishment. And then I want you to drink the juice as a reminder of the blood of Jesus that was shed for you to wash away all of your sin. And by the way, if you just received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, just let this act of communion be your first act of just saying, Jesus, thank you for your amazing grace and forgiveness in my life. So let me pray for us. God, in these next few moments, as the band comes and um, leads us in a song, I just pray this reflect on your love, your forgiveness to us. God, as we eat the bread, may it be a reminder of the pain and the suffering, how you took on the wrath of God toward our sin on yourself so we don't have to. And God, as we drink the juice, just let it be a reminder of the amazing gift of forgiveness of sin, that you washed away all our sins. You cleansed us from all of our sins. So thank you for this incredible moment. And we just want to say thank you, Jesus, for your amazing love. Thank you that you addressed our mess by going to the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.